I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Timeless Spirituality. Let's kick this off with some big, 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 big news. Timeless Spirituality is now officially a top 10 podcast. That is right, we have charted at number 10 in Italy. So Italy, thank you very much for listening to Timeless Spirituality. And thank you to everyone else all over the world for listening. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, after five months... Top 10 podcast. I'll take it. Hmm. All right. Next up on the docket, I have a workshop coming up on May 7th that I'm co-hosting with my friend Kelsey Faith Wells, and it's going to be a quantum healing and past life regression workshop that's focused on pattern recognition and release. So if you guys would like to join, just go ahead and check it out in the show notes. I'm going to have the link to the event in there. So we'd love to have you there. So before we jump into the meat of this channeling episode, that's right, this episode's going to have some channeling in it. I just want to give a shout out to my buddy Noah out there in Brisbane, Australia. Noah is 12 years old and super interested in past lives, and I just think that that is so cool. So Noah, thank you so much for listening. It really means the world to me, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Towards the end of today's episode, There is a question posed about the nature of time and the possibility of it being broken, whatever that's supposed to mean. And I kind of chimed in a bit. Now, the example I used, I got ahead of myself. There is is a much, much, much better example that I could have used. So I want to talk about it up front. Now, it may not make complete sense in the context of it just being out of place right now, but it'll all make sense once you get to that part of the episode. So I want to talk about the double slit experiment. We're going to talk a little quantum physics here, so buckle in for a moment. And all this is not going to be coming from the noggin. I'm going to be reading from plusmaths.org. So, thank you. One of the most famous experiments in physics is the double slit experiment. It demonstrates, with unparalleled strangeness, that little particles of matter have something of a wave about them, and suggests that the very act of observing a particle has a dramatic effect on its behavior. Now, what does this experiment tell us? It suggests that what we call particles, such as electrons, somehow combine characteristics of particles and characteristics of waves. That's the famous wave-particle duality of quantum mechanics. It also suggests that the act of observing of measuring a quantum system has a profound effect on the system itself. The question of exactly how that happens constitutes the measurement problem of quantum mechanics. Now, I understand all that may have just sounded like a jumbled up mess, but why I brought it up is because the act of observation changes everything. Now, when we wake up in the morning, 
we are conditioned to believe that time works in a linear fashion. I mean, how can we think of it any other way? We wake up, the sun rises in the east, the sun sets in the west, and then it starts all over again. But what if the act of observation of this is a collective agreement that we've all come to on a collective consciousness level, but in the act of observation, somehow things have got twisted, or somehow we've unknowingly made an agreement to look at this the wrong way. Now, that's what I should have said when this question comes up later on in the episode. So again, I'm just going to reiterate, in the act of observing, are we changing the outcome of the process? And with that said, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Aaliyah, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm awesome, Daniel. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I don't know if I can sing the rest of that. And I just can't. Whatever. I, I don't have, I'm not making money off this, right? I don't need a copy. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anyways, ready They're to just jump right in? They're still pretty weird about that. Hmm? They're still pretty weird about that. I don't think I was singing on key. Maybe they won't catch me. <laughs> yeah, you're probably fine. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Okay. First question. What is your favorite song that has to do with time and why? It is Remember the Time by Michael Jackson. It's actually one of my top 10 favorite songs anyway. And it's, I remember when I was little, like watching that music video with them, you know, all in Egypt and doing the whole thing, like for whatever reason, like that had picked up in me really early on. And obviously now, like, you know, I'm obsessed with Egypt. So <laughs> it, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I love that song. In fact, I watched it two days ago on YouTube because Veda likes it. Because the I don't, song. she kind of jammed the along song. with it. She just likes music, like. Uh, we listen to every morning we get up and we play some music and stuff and dance with her in the morning. So it's like kind of our thing. Anyways, who is Leah? Who is Leah? That's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am the host of a podcast called spiritual shit. Um, besides that, I'm a human <laughs> trying to go through this journey as we all are. Right. I started my, my journey just, you know, in a very religious background growing up and having, what I would consider uh, spiritual gifts that we all have, I believe that we all have, having uh, interactions with the spirit world in ways that I was unfamiliar with and that I eventually became really scared of because it, there was no space and room for these types of experiences in my religious context. Um, so they said I was interacting with demons and you know so on. So anyway, I had blocked all that out by the time I was about 16. And then came into this like a rude awakening around, you know, 25 to 27 or so where these things started to come back. I had this like really tumultuous divorce that ended up awakening me to a lot of other things and, uh, essentially sprouting a lot of like healing. I had my first past life regression during that time and started to understand more about, um, these other lives that I had been living and really started to, to dive headfirst into that, that path. Um, as we all do when we first quote unquote awaken, or we start to realize that we're not just a body walking around, that we are a soul. And so 
and started to, to dig in and really started to feel in some ways really alone because there were all these experiences that I was having and all these things that I, I wanted to talk about that I couldn't talk to anyone with, without them looking at me kind of sideways. And so it eventually helped me start my podcast <laughs> uh, because I wanted to create a community where people wouldn't feel like outsiders. And we would be able to talk about these kind of things without the feeling that something you know was wrong with us or that we were crazy. And so I started, started doing that. I started doing, you know, my card readings and intuitive readings and energy readings and so on. And, uh, eventually the gifts that I had really suppressed in my, my childhood and my early teens, uh, started to come back and started to interact with them. And I hopefully bring you some of that today. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for sharing all that. Thank you. So would you feel comfortable talking a little bit about your past life experiences with me? Yeah. So, um, the, the first one, which I would say is probably the most powerful just because it, I had never experienced anything like that before. And I, I just kind of went on a whim, like thinking, you know, Oh, I'll try this thing out. You know, this will, someone will hypnotize me. Sure. And then I had this insane experience. My body almost fought it. I was shaking almost the entire time. And, um, I had this interaction with my past life in Egypt where um, my name was Claire Euphemia and um, my, my lover at the time, his name was Obed Umdamnia. And I was, I later found out Claire Euphemia means clear and well-spoken uh, and Coptic Egyptian language, which is bizarre and crazy to me. Cause I was like, well, that would apply to me today. Wouldn't it? Um, don't know what Obed Umdamnia is, but it sure sounds like a biblical name. And, and yeah, and I had this like kind of experience where I started to, the reason why we had even done it was like trying to try figure out why are these things coming to me now? What are, what is the purpose of what I'm supposed to be doing right now? And before I got into any of this, like really heavy on, it was kind of, to me, a very like hard signal or hard symbol that like, okay, like there's, there's some correlation here. I wouldn't have just thought of that on my own. I wouldn't have been able to come up with that name on my own. Like, um, a lot of the things that came through, like I had issues with fertility and I saw that I was wearing this big Jasper ring. I didn't know really much about the crystals then and saw that Jasper was for groundedness and for fertility and for other things, you know, so it was all these things lining up and these parallels that helped me dive into a deeper understanding of where it is that, what it is that I'm doing here. And since then I've had a couple with you and been able to kind of dig in here and there about like interdimensional possibly, or, you know, alien lives or anything like that. And it's been really interesting because the, the facets of our consciousness is so vast and like being able to connect with those consciousness, if that's how you say consciousness and plural, um, has been really fascinating to me to dig into and, and understand in order to kind of piece together why we're here. What are we doing on earth? What's the point of earth school? Um, what's the point of our life really, which everybody's kind of looking at. What is the purpose? You know, what do you feel the purpose is? Why are we here? <sighs> you know, I really don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I do answer a couple, a few questions like that. Um, from the questions that you sent me, um, my understanding is, is that we're here for our expansion, that we are all a fractal of consciousness, uh, from source that has divided itself and divided itself and divided itself for more and more astute and uh, comprehensive lessons. And in the process of doing so, you know, as, as simple, at some point, I guess we return to source, but there's this, this element of just the constant acclimation of new information 
and the way in which we expand. I don't know the ultimate point. Uh, I don't think anybody does. Even the densities, six density beings that I talked to, they don't know because they're not there yet still. They're still in the process of evolution. Um, but ultimately, like this process, at least on earth, is that there's a, such a high level of polarity here that helps us essentially get gain a clear understanding of what is progress, like everything wanting to progress, progress itself. And so if we look at evolution, I mean, if we look at, you know, an amoeba uh, processing itself into bacteria and then into, I don't know, a fish or whatever, like the, the, the whole process within all of our genetic information is to progress. And so it is my understanding that earth is very much a platform to do so at an accelerated rate. Like a platform on a universal level? And I don't know. Like there's so many facets of different, uh, I would imagine, you know, like different universes, different planets, different systems. Like it's, I can just only speak for hours. I think that's the best, or I'm sorry, I think that's the best answer you could have given. <laughs> I, I like, I don't want to deem it uncertainty, but the willingness to say, I don't know. Yeah. I appreciate that. Better than just to fill it in with crap. <laughs> exactly. And with all that said, we're going to be doing something here on the show that I haven't ventured into whatsoever, which is channeled messages. And I don't mean to put pressure on you right now, but the reason why I'm comfortable with you doing it is because I trust you. Because Thank I you. I don't know if I necessarily mean it as a compliment, though. It's just as much as... <laughs> I just, I trust you. I know you. I know, I know how I feel when I'm around you mm. and that you have the best of intentions and that in my eyes, at least you are someone who has, I don't want to say the potential to have an ego that's just out of control, but because <laughs> of the, I don't mean that on a personal level. I mean, because of what you represent to the spiritual community. Mm. I've been on many podcasts and I'll bring up the names to people and they've never heard of them, but there's one they've always heard of and it's yours. For real? <laughs> yeah. You have one of the biggest spiritual podcasts in the world and I have people who message me just saying amazing things about you and the way that you've changed their Aww. lives. And this is just because I was on the show. So they That's reach amazing. out to, to me to tell me this and I wonder if I was in your position, if I would let it get to my head. I want to say that I wouldn't, but I think that there's a part of me that probably would. It's... Mm. It's inspirational for me to know someone like you because I do believe that I'm on the trajectory to to keep building my platform and become mm. more visible. So you are a role model for me in terms of just keeping a Are you trying high. to make me cry? <laughs> Is it working? <laughs> no, I am still trapped. <laughs> and I've had a reluctance to bring channelers on here or anyone yeah. who brings channeled messages because I believe that a lot of that comes from ego. And mm, I believe yeah. that a lot of that comes from absolution and certainty. Mm -hmm. And that presentation of don't you dare question the messages that I'm getting because I'm Ugh. this vessel, I'm this channel. Listen, like you are preaching to the choir because I, I literally have had such a, a hesitancy and a resistance towards, you know, bringing messages forth in this way. Uh, because I don't ultimately want people to look at me as someone, you know, there's so many vulnerable people out there that are just looking for answers and I don't want to be someone's answer. 
And I don't want to be someone's guru. And I don't want people, you know, like I really like not to throw shade on other channelers because like, Hey, if that's their path, that's their path. But I never could see myself being one that's on stage and being like, okay, let me tap in and, you know, like, I can't, I can't, I cringe at that only because I I don't want to be perceived that way. And I don't, I, I think I said this before, but like, I don't want that type of accountability, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like that people are hanging on predictive words of some, someone who says they're talking to someone and we have no proof of that. Like, and I, I, this is why I'm hesitant with it myself, because it's like, I could be talking to a manifestation of my own ego, like very much. So I could be talking to my higher self. I could be talking to your mama. Like, I don't know who I'm talking to. I can only translate what I'm feeling and what the messages that I have come through me, I guess, um, which was what I do anyway, on my podcast, like I sit and talk and I get on there very often, not knowing what I'm going to talk about it. I do it on purpose. Like I sit down and go, I have no theme, no real intention of what I'm going to say. And then somehow 30 minutes later, I have a message and that's, that's, you know, to put yourself in the flow state for the channel to come through that everybody does that LeBron James, like, you know, like people who play sports or the greatest artists or whatever, once you put yourself in that flow state, you can channel all kinds of amazing things. And nobody sees that as something as spiritual. That is the, the, the aspect of our, our humanity that we have incredible talent uh, within us to be able to communicate some of the most beautiful things that we've ever seen or done or, or, you know, just experienced and witnessed. And so in that, I, I want to present channeling as a perspective of someone getting into their flow state of whatever their thing is. For me, it's communication. I was a major communication in college. I'm glad I spent that money and I'm actually using it now. Um, <laughs> there's just like, I'm a, I'm a talker. Like this is, that's what I do and I do it well, I guess. So in that, I, I feel very much so that there are messages coming through, but there was this, this moment where, you know, like I wrote a book uh, three or four years ago about relationships and I was in like dire, like space, like was not the person to be writing this book. Basically I was, I made every mistake possible, which actually makes me the person that should write that book. But I sat down and I went, I went to Paris and I thought I'm most inspired here. I'm going to write a book about relationships while I'm here. And so I went through and did that knowing that the information and the wisdom that was coming through me, wasn't my own. It wasn't something that I witnessed myself. It wasn't something that I experienced and I'd learned for myself. It was some, it was someone talking to me, telling me the book I needed to read. And so I had, I have the experience of sitting down and, and obviously there are parts of that book that are very much me, but there are other parts that are completely not. And I never told anybody like, Hey, there's this voice kind of in my ear telling me that I should write this down. Cause you know, people look at you sideways and think that you're ridiculous, but I've come to the space now where, especially after um, something happened, after I had my, my daughter beta, I had a traumatic birth that could have been a near death experience. And in that space of like, oh my God, like my consciousness just feels like it was on pause. There was this, this moment of understanding of like, okay, like I need to do what I came here to do. And if I don't, I may miss my chance and I don't want to have to come here again and try over, you know? So, uh, with that, uh, I decided that it's time to step forward and, 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 and really practice 
and, and it's like, it's not like you need to practice it. It's just something that comes to you. But, um, I sat down, it happens for whatever reason, most around my daughter, like I'm rocking her to sleep. And then there they are. Like I have the first quiet moments of my day, like when I'm rocking her to bed or whatever for a nap or so on. And, and there they are. I see the little bubbles of light that show up. And then I, it's like, okay, we're ready. Here we are. What's up? So it's become to a, an undeniable space where I feel like I can, I can no longer um, deny it. I've known you for about 18, about 18 months now. Hmm? I've seen you on your journey, not only through past life regression and getting to know you on that one-on-one basis, but also listening to your podcast. And what this brings up for me is, do I trust you because I know you and therefore I don't give others the benefit of the doubt and I look at them through a more cynical lens because I don't know them? Or do I trust you because I simply trust you and I don't trust them for whatever reason? And I think that that's something that I need to sit with is, am I being overly cynical by not giving more people the real benefit of the doubt? Because I... I like to think that I give people the benefit of the doubt, but maybe I don't. Maybe I'm a little more jaded than I should be. Maybe I am a little more cynical. That's possible. I mean, we're all more receiving towards people that we know, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that tends to be the thing. I know for myself, because I have the, you know, the opportunity and you'll find this out very soon that like there are people when they come in your inbox and ask to be on the show, I, I get an immediate vibe. Like, no, yes, no, not absolutely not. Yes, absolutely. And I can't tell you why. And, and I, it's, um, I typically will, you know, tap in and maybe listen to just a few seconds of what they have to say. And it's something in the frequency of their voice. Cause that has how information comes to me. Um, that tells me if that message is something that I need to, to, to move through or not. And, you know, whether or not I trust them is, is, is the word non sequitur. I heard that out loud. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> whether, whether I trust them or not, doesn't matter. It, it is for me, what information I need to bring to this platform as far as my purpose goes. And so like trust is <laughs> what's really interesting is they have a message for you. I think, I don't know if the first question was yours or not, but, uh, they're, they, they do mention something about trust. So we'll get to that in a second, but there's just this kind of like an openness, I guess, like that, that we can have to just entertain things that we don't necessarily even believe in. You know, it's in that openness and then that awareness that we get to ask our intuition. Is this something that resonates with me or not? And, you know, I can have people on, I, there are plenty of people that I know that I've had on the show that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their message maybe doesn't necessarily resonate with me, but it's something that I found would be good for people to at least converse about for them to quantify if that's something that's good for them, because our paths are not the same. And so I, I don't choose based off of who I think is going to be most in alignment with my message versus who do I feel is going to have something valuable to share uh, to the collective. I'll toast to that one. (laughs) And just before we now jump into the message part of the session, I would just like to say for me on a personal level, there was a message that came through your first session for me. And it was still, it was one of those that just kind of sprung up. It was about a prediction that was to take place in my life about 10 months later Mm -hmm. and you nailed it really i don't remember what is it i'll I'll tell you once we okay (laughs) yeah yeah i don't remember when we're doing all that hypnosis (laughs) i think what's also really important to distinguish between just pure channeling and 
the nature of things to come is that I do believe that we live in a universe of free will and that there are always wild cards and there are always variables that could come into play. Mm -hmm. So this is where I'm also going to stick up for other channelers. Just because they make a prediction that doesn't come true, it doesn't necessarily mean that they were wrong or that they were a fraud. It just may mean that we have free will and not everything is predetermined or predestined. But that's such an important point because they're like, and this is why I don't feel comfortable doing predictive work because there's so many variables in which we can change a timeline, you know, like nothing is set. So I could tell you, and especially in like readings, I could tell you, well, in 10 months, this thing is going to happen. And if you don't agree with that thing that I say, you can vehemently just say, no, like, I don't want this thing to happen. Thus, then you can avoid that exact circumstance. Um, so it, it is important that people know that because especially in an industry like spirituality or, you know, when people are doing readings and channelings or whatever, it is kind of up to your own interpretation and resonance of what's going to be valuable to you, whether or not it's right or wrong. And we, we quantify in the very patriarchal world that we live in, we quantify things by how right they are. Um, not how valuable they are. And Mm -hmm. so Thomas Campbell, when he came on the show, I loved when he said that, stop asking yourself is something right or wrong. Is it valuable? Because if you, if you take a wrong turn somewhere at some point, maybe it'll land you exactly where you need to go. It's just, we're quantifying it by our own expectations of what we think the expectation should be. And, you know, that's not usually a good way (laughs) to determine whether or not something is, you know, what it should be basically. So with that said, some of the questions that I submitted to you were questions of mine, and then others were from some of my listeners. Mm-hmm. But for the ones that I submitted, I tried to submit ones that I thought would be useful without a predicted outcome, Yeah, but just where it could enhance someone's life, which still, I think, is really what the heart of this work should be, mm-hmm. is maybe still not the predictive nature, but just how can you live a more fulfilling life and become a better person and do your part to help the world. Right. So for the messages that will be channeled today, who or what is it that was channeling these messages? So I get a variety of people that come through, and these particular messages are from an entity that I call Erasmus, uh, who has come to me quite recently, I think a new guide, if you will. It's like a collective of, they said we are four. And so I believe it's four densities or four consciousnesses, if you will, um, or four people, I don't know. Uh, that kind of accumulate into one and they're uh, what we would call sixth density. You can kind of look that up, I guess, if you want to know what that means, but just, just a a pure form of, of energy essentially where they've come together and decided that they wanted to assist us. So I'm unsure if that means that they're alien or if that means that they're interdimensional or if they're angels, I'm not sure. Um, Sixth density just means that they're still in a density where they can connect and, and communicate with us and seemingly feeling the charge or need to come through and connect with us. I think a lot of people right now are getting a lot of messages and they're unsure about who they're connecting with. Something that um, came to me as the, the name Erasmus, which then I looked up means beloved. And so I thought that was really interesting because I'd never heard the name Erasmus before. And what was also really interesting is that there was a very famous humanist uh, in the 15th, 16th century name Erasmus. Uh, that's his last name. I can't say his first name. Uh, and he was someone who wrote very avidly about reformation of the Catholic church. And so even though he was a Catholic himself, he was there to like saying, you know what, these things aren't really working very well here. Let's try and change that. 
And so what was really interesting is I was talking to my partner about it and I was like, you know, I've never heard that name. And he was trying really hard to be mums the word about who that was because he wanted to see if my channelings were in line with who that person was. And so once we kind of discovered that they were, it was very similar, he'd expressed like, yeah, he's this really famous humanist that has this. And so he said, what if you're not speaking to Erasmus himself? What if you're speaking to the program? And the program is of reformation. And my whole body chilled up like crazy. And I thought, okay, well, that's an affirmation for me. So I don't know that I'm actually speaking to the Dutch humanist uh, himself, but I think that I'm speaking to the program of reformation for spirituality. Awesome. Well, with that said, you ready for the first question? Let's do it. When it comes to individuals, groups, or institutions who present cosmic knowledge or information, how do we know who can be trusted? All right. So I'm just going to read you exactly what I typed out and what was said. Um, so here we go. It said, hello, we are here. Aaliyah is nervous. And then they told me, just use what comes to mind. We will lead the way. To answer your question, Daniel, trust is a very interesting use of the word. We can never truly trust from a space of intellectual deduction. Often weighing one caution over another is a quick way to turn yourself into a tumble. Trust is a strong word because when souls are having a factual conception of what is happening in the world, no one is actually seeing anything the same. So while some fractals very much are getting information that may be good to uh, be good to them, they may not be using uh, information that is good for you. There is no absolute truth as controversial as that may sound. There are only projections of what truth is at the time. Your kind has not yet evolved into the position to see the larger picture where a greater grasp on truth is attainable, but you are in a place where your intuition will suffice as your truth meter. The larger question is, can you trust yourself? We think ourselves as using our intuition when we are very much guided by fear or what I mentioned earlier, caution. We think ourselves wiser than our internal meter we are blessed with that will give us the answers quite easily. I see the difficulty in being able to assist which is which as your question is to prevent those you speak with from making a mistake. Yet there are no mistakes. There are many lessons. And at times, what may not be the ultimate truth may be the truth to you and serve you well as your truth for a time. This is perhaps not the answer you are looking for, but the answer many need in order to turn to themselves to deeper learn how to awaken their own intuition as that is your greatest trust meter. If I could boil that answer down in one word, I would say it's discernment. Yeah. And it's just a matter of whatever the situation that's presented in the moment, even if you make the quote unquote wrong choice, it's a matter of learning from the choice that you made and how to balance it out or find a way to find your way. Right. Cause there's no perfect life, right? There's no, like the, the, in, in the aspect, I guess, of earth, I guess what they're, you know, what they're saying here is that like some of these truths that we lived in for a while were good for a time for us. And at some point then we woke up and go, Oh, that's not my truth anymore. And, you know, so that makes truth very subjective and at least in our world, right? Like maybe outside there's like, absolutely, this is not, or this is, you know, whatever, but as we see it being, at least from what, I, what they're saying is like these different fractals, the way we, diff we see things may, perhaps there are areas in which both things can be true at the same time. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like in that, in that aspect, it makes it very subjective in our own experience. And so, um, something that I thought was really interesting is like, you know, when we think of, you know, people who are afraid, whatever, whatever is going to help them survive is going to be their greatest truth. And that can mean 
being racist to someone, killing someone, you know, whatever, like if someone had come into your property and you were trying to defend your child, the truth was that you had every right to defend yourself, but you've killed someone and that's a moral dilemma. So like, where is the truth in that? And so like, you know, there are a lot of situations on earth that present us with constant evaluation of, is this the truth? Can we trust this? Can we not trust this? And ultimately like, can we trust ourselves? Can we trust the universe? Can we trust the voices that are in our head? you know, what does that look like? What does that mean? And, you know, it really boils down to like, like what they said, I guess, is using that internal meter for yourself. Like we, we don't do that enough. And I think that that's kind of the point. A lot of the messages, messages I've been getting is like, listen <laughs> to yourself. And we're so looking for someone else to tell us what the truth is. And that's why we have a really hard time discerning, you know, who to trust. So for the next question, I just want to give a little explanation as to why I asked it. The question is, are there cosmic concepts or ideas unknowingly put forth by the New Age spiritual community that have been planted by negative outside forces? The reason I ask that question is because, I mean, as you know, we've talked about, I don't really like to label lightworkers, stars. Do I believe in these concepts? Yes. But I believe that by labeling someone as such, it's putting an importance on something that may not need to have importance as much as just just don't be an asshole. Be a good person. (laughs) A lot of the ideas that I see perpetuated, I mean, some of them are just so absurd in my eyes that I'm like, come on, really? Possible, but really? Then I see those people out there in the spiritual new age community who are like, you know, we're, we're taking down the cabal. We're doing this. We're doing that. Our eyes are so wide open. We're so awake that we see exactly what's going on. And I'm just sitting back saying, hmm, Okay, let's mm. call you light workers for a second. Well, if you want it, I'll give it to you. <laughs> if you and your counterparts or those, you know, you associate Colleague. with, your <laughs> colleagues exactly, are here to raise the vibration of the earth, to elevate it to a new level of consciousness, and you have these dark forces or dark groups who don't want that to happen, who do you think the first group they're going to infiltrate is going to be? You think it's going to be people who don't care or do you think it's going to be the people who are here to raise the vibration of consciousness and humanity and whatever else feels right to you? So Mm. that's why I asked that question. So are some of these ideas put forth as a way to take these light workers or people who are here to help humanity off the course of actually helping humanity and then getting caught in a state of fear because of the ideas that are being either fed to them or that they are perpetuating because I look at some of these ideas and these people who are saying yeah you know we're not here to live in a state of fear I'm like you're generating it you are generating (laughs) so much fear right now so that's why I asked that question and Aaliyah you have the floor okay well they said yes there are a few cosmic consciousness wants you to steer clear of anything that sounds absolutist and wanes in grace there are many teachers giving out information to drive a fear narrative. So, so on point with what you said. Um, and while that may be their path, this isn't what we wish many to obtain. Aliyah is trying to keep from her own biases arriving in this question. So she's hesitant to answer. Cause I was in this moment, I was like, is this me? Cause I could feel immediately like what you're talking about. And I was like, ah, I want to make sure that the channel is pure. Um, so I, I took a break and made sure to like clean it up. 
uh, clean myself up. And I said, and they said, we wish to assure her that this is what we mean to speak and agree with. There's not one action that will prevent you from ascension. It is not possible. No, no earthly thing is a measure against the progress of your soul. There isn't anything that will keep you from being able to learn more, grow more, ascend more besides your own consciousness's will not to do, uh, will to not do so. It has become politicized and fought about who is right and who is wrong, but this is merely a distraction, a hot waste of your time to spend time fearing about. Some wish to come forward as the ones who know the most, and that is their path, but they will learn the same as Leah did when she was in the trappings of religion. Humans often seek for superiority as it was a survival mechanism in their genes to help them progress. Now that you've evolved past the need for that so much, and it is, strong, it is a strong imprint that we want you to develop, uh, elevate yourselves above using what is presented as hidden, hidden knowledge. It causes a strong polarity and we don't judge this because it helps you awaken yourself and use your intuition again. But there's nothing on earth that will keep you from your destiny outside of you deciding so. Now, what I thought was really interesting about this, this uh, transmission is that like current in our current world, everything that you just kind of said, like people being like, you know, don't, don't get the, mm, the, the jab or whatever. And that's going to keep you from ascending to 5d. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds like mark of the beast. Like if you get the mark of the beast, whatever that may be, it's going to keep you from getting into heaven. And it's kind of like a copy and paste of, of old narratives that we've, we've seen in our old religious backgrounds, old imprints that we've had in our past. And so there's this kind of like program running, um, that it's just guised itself in like, whether it's new age or religion or this or that, you know, um, that people are just kind of used to. And it's a part of, um, and some other channelings that I had, it's, they kind of even mentioned it like a defect in our gene that it's this, this constant need for progress is important, but there's this, this progress at all costs kind of thing where we need to make ourselves feel important over other people. We need to make ourselves feel, um, you know, superior. This is where racism comes from, obviously capitalism and so on. Um, so there's this element that, that ends up happening very often in, um, I would say, you know, even more so in colonized spaces where we're taking an idea that we really like and making it our own, but because of the fear of it, us not really owning that idea, we need to make, be the gate gatekeepers basically. And when we become gatekeepers, we can no longer progress because we're stuck at the gate trying to make sure so-and-so comes in or so-and-so doesn't come in. And so like what I loved, what they said about the, anything that says, sounds absolutist or Wayne's grace, because like that is what we're dealing with here. We're looking at a lot of like fear-based narrative and you can't do this or you can do this or whatever. And it's like that to me, and this is just my opinion, but that to me speaks nothing of the flexibility that I hear about, at least from, from grace, you know, from the above densities, there's no judgment. They're all chill. And like, yeah, whatever you feel like it's going to expand your highest good. Like that, that essence feels more of like, you know, the hippie seventies genre than it does today. And so I guess like, I don't, I don't, they don't, I don't feel like they really answered whether or not there were negative forces that had planted it, but that there is this kind of program that's been running for a long time that we're maybe not recognizing that it's, it's like a copy and paste basically. Like we don't want to adhere to an old program. We're trying to elevate beyond that. And so that's kind of my interpretation of what they had said about that. I like it. Thank you for that. Sweet. Next question. How do we mend the polarity 
that is in our world during this time of division. All right. So are you ready for this one? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. They said you don't. A division is necessary for unification. While this is a particularly uncomfortable time for a lot of people, this is what needs to happen in order to affect greater change. And embryo cells divide over and over in order to create life. And while chaos isn't necessary, the vibration of your world requires contrast, requires polarity in order to see better, more clearly in the ways in which one wishes to progress. We all know that you are quite tired of the world as it stands. The millennial generation was the first to experience around the clock news and seeing what it feels like and seeing what feels like the worst has yet to come, that nothing gets better. Aaliyah wishes to edit this part because it is not pleasing to her, but this is what we mean. I was about to like delete it and they're like, nope, nope, this is what we said. We said what I said. <laughs> and so they said, because of the contrast, there have been greater and greater strides made by every generation thus far to see even faster. Information has never been shared in the way that it's been shared today. And the insane acceleration of information is causing greater and greater awareness that will close the gap in generations to come. To answer your question concisely, be the most loving form of human you can manifest. And by your mere existence or of pursuing your love, your desires, your gifts, and your dreams, you will generate the vibrational frequency required to move mountains. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was pretty like, okay. Like, I mean, there, if we look at our world, you know, we, we seek to fix things and mm -hmm. that is our natural, like, okay, there's a problem. Let's solve it. I think that what's happening now is that like we, we see a more dynamic sense of contrast than we have in the past. I mean, things were bad before we were here, you know, like oh, yeah. I, my parents went through like Martin Luther King and, you know, whatever, like it's been going on for some time, but we haven't necessarily had the awareness around it. Um, you know, I'm sure the, the native Americans, when they were going through the genocide, were like, they were like, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Like when the slaves came over, you know, like there's so many terrible things that have happened in our world that in, and on the, on the scale of things, if we can perceive it, maybe worse than what we're going through right now, but we've never had a time where the awareness is constant like this. And I think that I personally think that in this awareness, like it is, it is in our discomfort that we seek to fix things instead of accept them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, and if I can interpret for them, is like the acceptance of this time. We came here for this. Like, that's my belief. We came here for this time to talk, to have these conversations, to open this awareness, to upgrade ourselves past these past programs or software or whatever, however you want to position that. And to come into a place of love, to come into a place of grace to come into a place of acceptance in order to further evolve ourselves in a place where we're not just kind of like these shells walking around. I have to go to my nine to five. I got to tap in, tap out, you know, like we're starting to really explore what it looks like to, you know, manifest things on a dime. Look at the magic that we hold as humans, that we start to understand that we're more special. Like it's like the first wave of new age is like, look, I'm a star seed. Look, I was an alien. Look, I did this, you know, and it's, it's like part of it, you know, it's like when we looked at the secret and it's like, oh, look, I can manifest things with my mind. And it's like, that's part of it. It's not the whole story. And we had to start there in order to get people to, to, to look at it or accept it in one way or another. It was more attractive to be the shiny thing. And then we start to evolve on that process. We start to realize and recognize, well, I'm not necessarily a star seed that came from this planet. I am a collective consciousness that can, can remember you know, those experiences or, um, you know, maybe I did come from a planet. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't remember it. I'm a human now. And so being able to, to call that 
energy in and say, okay, I am more powerful than I realize. And that being more of the message that we're essentially needing to, to come into. It's the archetypal message. Right. So for everyone who's very discouraged by that response, which <laughs> I liked it. I think it I was, was fine exactly with it. I was like, sweet. I don't have to fix anything. Cool. Right. <laughs> so for anyone who was discouraged, this next question is for you guys. What is something positive happening around the world that is absolutely on no one's radar right now? So they answered this one kind of funny. Um, they said, I don't think humans to be dumb or unconscious enough not to notice the massive shift that is ahead. And I, I just kind of laughed because I was like, okay, so we are aware. Um, they said, there is never anything that is not on anyone's radar, so to speak. You find truth in dreams and the astral realm. And why, while it may not have arrived in the physical just yet, it is on the hearts and minds of those conscious and unconscious to the mighty bounds of the universe. If you're looking for an answer that's a bit more finite, the shift that everyone is talking about is more of what we would consider an upgrade. It won't happen to everyone at once. For some, they will be instantly awakened like a light switch turned on after many years of being off. And for others, they have been seeking it for some time and it will feel like a relief after searching for so long. Many of your bodies are changing to become more advanced. Some did not wish to be upgraded. Some did not wish or could not be upgraded vibrationally. And those and those may have wished to stay behind, so to speak. So some of you are being called now to eat more healthily, to get better rest, to reduce your stress so you can take on and have enough energy to hold the new vibration. This is nothing new though. People have been talking about this since the seventies in your time. And it is positive in the sense that things will be easier for you to know all of this confusion that you wrestle with often will start to shift into something of the past. Watch the new, the new incoming souls that will not struggle with the same things you have struggled with. You're helping usher in a greater earth. Cool. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because I was like, well, is there anything like, you know, I would love a surprise, like <laughs> it'd be nice to, to hear about. Um, but for the most part, like that channeling actually went a bit longer and I, like, I was just really tired. I started to get really tired after writing, uh, you know, it's coming through me, I guess. But anyway, there's just this kind of understanding and a feeling that we know what's up. Like we know that something's coming and we kind of feel it. We don't know how it's going to happen. I don't think they can really explain that either just because like for things that could appear scary or, you know, whatever that's actually for our good, we don't, we can't interpret that yet. And it's kind of like a child where you're like, Oh, your dog is on a farm now. Like we're not going to see him anymore. You know, whatever, like it may be perceived as something negative for the child, but at some point we're going to find out the truth. We're going to know like, what's the, what was the change essentially? Not like they're lying to us either, but it's just like, you know, humans, perception or, you know, get depth perception of what's actually happening in the world. A lot of people would me perceive those changes as fear and that's not their game. I believe that ultimately it's something that resides beyond our comprehension at this time mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. maybe forever. Right. Maybe humans just aren't capable of perceiving. Yeah. I agree. The, the depth and magnitude of it. But yeah. I mean, I'm just a past life regressionist who has his own <laughs> opinion. So what the hell do I know? Probably a lot. <laughs> Next question. Not sure if this one was necessarily an answer that needed to be channeled, but this was from one of the listeners and it was directed towards you. How does she explain to normal people what she does and what are their reactions? Oh, so this one I didn't channel. Um, 
Cause I was like, you know, they, they react kind of weird. <laughs> like, I, I guess not anymore. People expect that from me, but when I first started my podcast and I was doing kind of readings and stuff, I was really lucky to be living in New York at the time because people were, I mean, everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm a psychic too. Oh yeah, I'm this, I'm that, you know, like it wasn't a big deal. Um, I was more nervous about when I came home, what people would think about it. And so, um, I'm, I would, per, you know, proverbially coming out of the closet kind of thing, like where I was like, you know, tiptoeing and telling, mm, well, I kind of have this podcast and for a really long time, like I, I, I kind of just hid behind the host. And I think that like, I'm, it's just now that I'm like, okay, like I have something to say, um, or more prominently I'm going to put myself in that position. So, you know, at this point, I don't know what people are saying or how they're reacting. Cause I don't really care not to be like dismiss anyone, but at this point I feel so amped by the, the call that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks at this point. I need, I had to get out of my own way. So I mean, la vie. right. What else is there to say other than awesome? So the next question is, I've been dreaming of portals lately. What do I do if they don't feel safe and something is coming through? So they said you and many others are dreaming of portals because the veil is becoming much thinner and you have the ability to see that this is not just a one dimensional place. The dream world is a great place to start as you're able to see things that you perhaps couldn't in your waking life. And your fear of safety is a projection of your uncertainty. If you do not wish to encounter those who are not of the light, make your intention with power. Uh, Some make their intention with fear, and that is why they don't see the results that they wish. Some are plagued with bad or negative entities and feel that this is the reality, yet don't question why those entities are drawn to them. It's not to say it's one's fault, but one's acceptance of one's vibrational alignment to that situation. If you are powerful, are you not safe? You have often forgotten your power, and that is where the gap of energy makes you feel unsafe. Next question. How do you move past fear of spirits or energy after a traumatic, dark, energetic attack? They said, in your own time. Healing is a process and much like you would process a trauma on earth is somehow similar how you would process it energetically. Remember time is merely a concept. So it could take one second or three years of your time, but in every interaction, there's a process and a journey in which your soul is on. Some of those experiences are to keep you out of the spirit world until you found your power. Some wish to enter the spirit world before their soul is ready. Some have learned over many lifetimes, these lessons and have no fear at all. I have to refer to a question that one of Aliyah's students asked about the purpose of fear. And we stated that on earth, fear is used as a projection, something that isn't allowed to be, rather it has to be controlled or managed, which forces it into unconscionable manifestations. Fear one rampant is also bad, but the prior is the one that is more prevalent in your race. Fear serves a good purpose as well. It helps you learn. Imagine a child with no sense of touch or pain, unable to know when something burns or when it's been cut. A child would die without constant supervision as it would fear nothing and supersede its own mortality. But a child in constant fear would not be allowed to live or learn. Fear is a healthy mechanism biologically to protect us, but humans think themselves smarter than their own bodies. So fear has manifested beyond its intuition into the logical mind that creates far more pain than was ever intended. Men fight wars for fears. Your health declines for fears. Your fortunes are spent on fears. Fears can help us know what is coming, but anxiety is not fear. Anxiety is lack of control and trying to manage what we're afraid of. Anxiety is a biological subset of real fear. The fear of not being able to control something. Fear is not what needs to be overcame. It is to control the future is the real problem. 
the fear, you won't be able to control the circumstances of what is what makes it more difficult to move past. Let go of the control and fear will naturally begin to subside. Damn, that's poetry right there. <laughs> they have They're a way. Uh, next question. When we pass away, do we live another life as ourselves or is it not us consciously? And I loved this question. This question was really hard to answer because they were giving me so much information at the same time. And I was like, I cannot compute. <laughs> um, so this is what I gathered from that. And it says, this is a long answer. We'll try to keep short. The understanding of the afterlife is something that even we grapple with as we are six density. We are one form speaking to you with many consciousnesses uh, we have obtained for many lifetimes slash programs coming together to assist you on your planet and journey. The best way we can make sense of this is that in the fractal of your soul, there is a light that is always the manifestation of you. But as you see it now, humans want to individuate so much. I am me and you are you in perception. You can, you can live many lifetimes as you, and they capitalize that, um, but not as you when you were Bob or Jane. I just filled in some names there. Uh, you can be spliced into two or more humans or combined into one. And this is not as common, but your consciousness is merely a fractal of the common computer, if that makes better sense. So even today, as you live, do you see how many people identify with being burned at the stake in their past life? While they may have not experienced that as that person, that person's consciousness had an experience that was valuable to the collective learning and was applied to many souls in this incarnation. So perhaps you are a fractal of that consciousness in order to upgrade that experience to something better in your world. So it's something the collective can overcome. The more evolved you become, the less individuated your consciousness lives. This is how the species accelerates. Let it be known that if you do not wish to reincarnate or combine or ascend, you do not have to. This is a common desire, but some souls wait for other souls and make plans with those they love. There, there are so many experiences to be had. This is why this makes for such a complex question for humanity to be able to perceive. And there was one more question that was submitted, and I don't believe you answered it, so I'm just going to go ahead and answer it. And I think you can jump into the question was, yeah. are we humans magic? Yes. 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 <laughs> I think that's why I didn't answer it because I was like, oh, hell yeah. And like, and that's almost kind of how they answered it. It was just like, oh, well, of course, like, when you, sorry. So actually I will tell you this, the, the, what happens a lot of times is they ask a question with a question or ask a question. They ask a question. Um, what is your con concept of magic? Um, is it something that is, you know, mysterious and mystical? Everything is magic until we have a greater understanding of what that actually means. And so the, the, I guess her or their, uh, inclination of like, are we magic? Meaning that do we have power? Do we have the ability to change our circumstances? Can we be, you know, can we, you know, teleport or what? I don't know. <laughs> um, in a lot of ways, yes, like we can, it's just like, like us being able to believe that we have the power to do so that keeps us from actually doing so. Cool. Well, thank you for answering all of those and for answering the listener questions, but I believe we have one more. And this was a question that I submitted and I felt comfortable asking this question. I hope this doesn't tear you up, be but it's because you inspired me to step outside of my comfort zone because Yay. I often, or I don't often discuss the paranormal, not paranormal, but the, like it gets anything could be deemed that in this respect, but a lot of the situations that I encounter hmm. because I, I do come across a thing or two yeah. in, in my line of work. 
And I've been hesitant to really speak of those things. So I thought that this was the perfect opportunity for me to to branch out a little bit. So I thank you Sweet. for being just such a great inspiration for me. And with thank that said, you. <laughs> the question is, well, first, the half of it is just a, a statement, then a question. I, I'm a writer, so grammar's important to me. <laughs> a message I've received from more than one source is that time is broken, but the system works. What is the meaning of this message? They said, well, I'd have to ask you what you think it means. Not every message is meant for everyone. So while we're not an all-knowing, sorry, while we're not all-knowing beings, we do know that time is not linear. Everything is happening at the same time for us. Um, being put in the world on earth, though, is the system in which you reside, which proverbially, proverbially works because it allows you to learn. The system works, meaning that the earth operates in such a way that time allows you to learn, yet time is not an absolute projection and time is not fixed. Time is merely a perception and everyone can perceive this differently. Does time not move differently depending on where in gravity you stand? Does time change whilst you're having fun versus when you're watching the clock after a long day at work? Time in this way is a broken concept if you see it as an absolute yet functions in a system that helps you expand. I would perceive your messages about expansion and perhaps furthermore, your fear around not having enough time. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to sit with that one for a while. But <laughs> here's my perception of that. And then I'm definitely interested in getting your take. Yeah. My favorite book is called The Timekeeper. It's by Mitch Album. Mm -hmm. And the book is about the character he deems by the name of Father Time. I believe it's mm -hmm. Father Time. And Father Time was responsible for keeping time because he was the first person. Also, just to make it clear, this was a fictional story. <laughs> that he was the first person to keep track of time by marking. Because before he came along and did markings, people would just wake up and go to sleep, wake up and go to sleep. And there was no concept of keeping track of those time or of that time. And in the act of doing this, he created a system which people became enslaved to. Mm -hmm. And that he was stuck basically in a cave for eternity to listen to the cries and the pleas of everyone who had quarrels with life because of the concept of time. So he had to listen to the consequences of his actions in a sense. Mm -hmm. There were two other characters that the book was about. One was a teenage girl who was just interested in teenage girl things. There was the boy that she liked and she had a date that was supposed to happen on Friday. And at the beginning of the week, she wanted time to speed up so she could get to that date. And then the other character was a billionaire who was on the verge of death. And all he wanted was more time. He was looking to expand his life and find a way to live forever. So it was this concept of time that was created that we became slaves to. Mm -hmm. What I believe the statement means is that I believe in the holographic universe theory, which, of course, we could do a whole series of episodes based <laughs> off of that one. So I'm just going to I'm going to say everyone should come check out. Well, just check out all of your episodes, but the Tom Campbell ones. Yeah. So if you want more in depth on that, check out Tom Campbell. Well, Tom Campbell and the episode that he did with Leah. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> so I do believe in the holographic universe theory and that I don't believe that we are a virtual reality per se in the way that we perceive it, but I believe that there is a system that was built. And I'm going to say- The Matrix. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hesitate to use that word also because I believe- that people have a perception 
yeah. of what that word means. So it's like even with holographic universe, like, like, I don't know about a virtual reality, but I believe that there's a system where we are players in a sense. Yeah. And growing on a soul level. Now, this system, I believe it was created by a higher power, whatever that higher power may be. But I also can't rule out the possibility that, look, with the Big Bang, you have to wonder if the chicken came before the egg or the egg yeah. came before the chicken. So was there something before the Big Bang? So I'm also going to say I can't completely rule out the possibility that the Big Bang was a natural phenomenon that really just came out of nowhere and that this universe really just grew upon nothing and that a system naturally evolved on its own. And I believe in astrology. So saying that astrology naturally evolved on its own, that there wasn't any guiding hand and that humans naturally evolved on their own, just as every other species that I believe. Exists. And then somehow we ended up in this position where we're paying taxes. Like, that's not great. <laughs> yeah. How did we go from right like evolving into like human beings into like this slave system, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and well, with systems, but still, I'm going to go to the side of, I believe that there was a higher power involved, some kind of creator. Mm -hmm. But I believe that systems can be corrupted. Yeah. And I believe that time is a construct that we all agree upon. Just as we're recording this here in March of 2020, and what was it just almost two weeks ago when we set our clocks forward because we all agreed to set it forward? 2022. That, what I said, 2020? <laughs> yeah. See, time's... We went back in time. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say that I, yeah, that, that I was jumping through time portals there. I'm not saying that, but some people would. <laughs> no, I simply didn't say 2022. Nothing else to it. Uh, mix up my numbers there. Okay, so yeah, March of 2022. And that almost two weeks ago, we collectively agreed in the United States to set our clocks forward by an hour. We yeah, and then didn't day. they make a, a judgment or something? They said, we're not doing daylight savings anymore. Well, there were, I think it's that we're through? gonna stay with daylight savings time starting next year. So I think we're gonna make two more changes because we're gonna do okay. standard time again in the fall and then one more shift too. I, I think that's what it is. Don't quote me on that one. Who uh, knows? But you're right. Like we all agreed collectively that this is what time it is. Right. And what I believe the time is broken really means is that there is something that has poison the system, whether it's a glitch in the system, something nefarious, or something that just broke on its own, whatever that may be. And that the system is still in place to work. Like when I was on your show, you brought up a concept, which is one I don't think either of us signed on for. I think we were both in agreement. I'm going to preface it by saying I don't think either of us really agree with this concept, which is that the Anunnaki, which is supposedly a collective of alien beings who are in control of our planet. Look, do I believe that's possible? I believe it's a possibility. Do I fully sign on for it? No, not necessarily. But the concept that you put forward is that they're in control of the reincarnation cycle. Hmm. That's and, what, something I heard. Right, yeah, yeah. Know. Who knows, yeah. Which was something that I think we both agreed is, I don't think we're either of us are necessarily on board with it, but even if that's the case, what I believe that refers to is that time is broken Again, I'm using this as an example. I do not agree with it. But that if they were in control of the reincarnation cycle, reincarnation has to do with time and the concept of time in a sense. Yeah. Because it's jumping around in time. So that would imply that if they somehow gained control over this system, that they broke it to mm -hmm. what it was meant to be, whatever that is, and to shift it to their own will to benefit them. Mm-hmm. But even if they're in charge of the reincarnation cycle, there's a system in place that is still 
working for us to grow as souls and grow as individuals and to go on this journey as a soul to learn. That still works. So our perception may have shifted, but the system of growth is still in place. Now, again, mm-hmm. I just need to reiterate, I don't align with that concept, just using that as an example. But I believe what it means is that there is some, something is off, but we are not a slave to that entirely. Now, of yeah. course, is there oppression on earth? You're goddamn right there is. Has there been oppression throughout time? Yes. Do I believe in personal accountability? Yeah, to a certain extent, but not when there are systems in place that oppress. I don't think that those two go hand in hand because there are, there are systems of oppression in place. So I just need to make clear that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but that there are still ways for us to grow, even if this thing is broken. The system right. still works because what I see being perpetuated out there is that they are in control and therefore we are not. We have no control over our lives and they is whoever they say they are. Yeah. But that we have no control, which I don't sign on for at all. I believe. You know that what's the, really interesting about that? Sorry, can I? Well, okay? yeah, one, one last quick thought is that the world could have a bunch of chaos going on around it or around us and it's real. The chaos is real. The perception of the chaos is real because it's happening. Yeah. But we still have an opportunity to grow as individuals because that system still works. Yeah. And what what I'll add to that is, is that, you know, I have no firm idea of like what, what this is, <laughs> what we're doing or what, it, you know, I, I can get these messages, but I don't know for sure. And what's really interesting is you said, uh, I don't know what it was meant to be. And versus like what could have been, you know, corrupted. And I found that really interesting because I was like, what if the system that was created was the corrupt one? And, you know, we somehow are being born into this area of like saying we would like to change this because, you know, the, the quote unquote, you know, bad guys are, are, have been winning for a long time and now it's our turn, you know, I don't know, but if this doesn't matter, origin Genesis doesn't really matter at the, at the same, what you said was, is that like, we can still grow in, in the system. And I think that's true if we remember that we're still powerful. And the idea of control is really interesting because a lot of people equate control to power. If you have the control, you have the power. And to some degree on a very physical level, maybe, but you don't have control over my mind. You don't have control over me in my dreamscape. You don't have control over me in the astral realms or any other, other places. And if we understood that a lot of our power resides internally, like, uh, you know, emotionally, what we give our energy to, um, the way in which we connect with others telepathically, whatever that we, we hold so much more than we think we do. And, uh, I'm never going to be one who's being like, the media is coming after you and they're trying to blah, blah, blah. But there, there are truths to that where there, there is a lot of fear narrative because it sells Mm -hmm. because it's popular because it gets good ratings because it makes money. Um, do I think that there's some just, you know, like mysterious cabal sitting in some, you know, underground thing, you know, kind of venerating this, the idea of like, this is how we're going to trick the masses. I don't think so. And the reason I don't think that is because even if there is a group of those people, they probably think they're the good guys. They probably think we're doing this for the greater good of the world. And this is why truth is not absolute for a lot of people, because like we can look on one side and go, those idiots, why do they think that, you know, and then the other side being like, how can they not see? And this is where the division comes from is to create, I believe, greater clarity 
or what is the proper direction for, for us here? Um, you said something about the system, a system being created. It is my understanding and the dreams that I have had, I, I travel a lot in my dreams and a lot of astral projections that there is a, another universe that we, we exit to when we die. And there's this other place that we go. That's kind of the other side, um, where we're able to communicate, we're able to connect where it's like, we have come into what essentially is, I would say a grand experiment. And so there is no, what's meant to be, because this is all kind of experimental anyway. And in that process, can the soul expand itself underneath these terms? Oh, that didn't work very well. Let's try this then this, this time. Okay. That didn't work very well. Let's send it in the light workers and try this. Well, oh, nope, that didn't work. Let's try this. It's like this process of elimination almost of seeing like, what will this work? Will that not work? And I think that's why we see such a, a chaotic experience happening before us, because it's like, how, if there is a God, how can this thing, this thing happen? Well, because God is making some grand experiment. They're mm -hmm. trying to see like what's happening. And we, and as human can interpret that very much as something that's evil, but, but is it because when you come to, at least like when I talk to these entities, they're so neutral about so many things that like, I cannot agree with and them having such a, like, this is just, you know, like how it is, uh, someone who, um, I had on the show talked about the grays a lot and have a very visceral negative reaction to that particular alien race, likely because I was abducted as a child. Um, I had all like totally fine until I was about six years old. And then it was like, <gasps> don't want to see them. Don't want to touch them. Like, I mean, obviously not touching them, but <laughs> there was just this, this visceral reaction to my, you know, anytime I would see a UFO documentary or something, my dad was really into them. And I was just like, no, I don't want to, you know, like, don't, it would, I, I would break out in hives by the thought of it. And so I know that there's something there, but anyway, they were talking about the grades and saying how they don't have any emotions, like that. They don't have any empathy, that that's just not a functional part of their emotional benefit for their race and how people interpret them as evil because they don't seem to be, you know, they're just like, this is what we're going to do. And they're very like almost robotic and they do the kind of underdwellings of what the other races would like them to do basically. Who knows if that's actually true? That sounds like a Marvel movie I'm watching, but all that to say, like our perception of what's good or evil, what's bad or good, what's meant to be versus what's not. If we are in this grand experiment, my, my question always is what's the point? Like it's for, ultimately it's for growth. Everything on, on our planet, you can watch it seeks for growth. Like you can be in the middle of a war and a flower will still bloom. Like a flower will still bloom. A flower will still grow. Like despite the, the most tumultuous circumstances, you can look at a scientist in a lab with a, with a rat continuing to inject it with crap and it's terrible. And I'm sure the rat is like, this is the most evil thing. This guy in the white jacket is like the devil to me. And the, the scientist thinks that they're doing the world, a world of good. So it is like, we're on the opposite sides of these polarities trying to figure out what it all means. And I think hum, human, humanly, we just can't conceive what is the ultimate goal of our purpose here ultimately. And when, when you enact a time there, like we're running out of time right now, uh, <laughs> there's, there's this, there's just such a, these, these confines that we feel in our structures that limit us if we don't understand our own power. I mean, I'm going to just mirror back at you something you said to me on your show, mic drop. That was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And just thank you for coming on with the messages and thank you for being you. 
I believe in you and the difference that you're making out there in the world. And it's just, it's so cool to see you out there. Thank you. Changing things. Cause I I believe you're doing well (laughs) and, and I can't wait to see what the future has in store for you. So where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at the lovely and then all my handles are slash the lovely Aaliyah. You can also join my mystery school, which is our little mystic community that we have where people, we all talk every day and get together and have little meetings <laughs> about our gifts and discuss things that are all things mystical. Um, and you can find that at patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.